My name is Sarah Inglis, and I'm a certified integrative health coach. I help people thrive in their bodies and reclaim the health they've always wanted. Each week, I interview people who have a passion for health. You'll hear from health experts, farmers, herbalists, doctors, chefs, and many more. My hope is that they'll inspire us all to tune into our gut and notice how lifestyle and food impact us. Today, I'm speaking with Jackie Metzger. Jackie is a master sound and energy healer and intuitive who works with people all around the world. She healed herself from Lyme disease and has kept melanoma cancer in remission for 11 years. I'm so excited to be speaking with Jackie today. So I'm so excited to be here today with Jackie Metzger. Hi, Jackie. How are you? I'm so excited to be here as well. Yeah. You know, I thought that everyone would be interested in knowing what got you on the path to becoming a energy and sound healer? Or was the intuitive part, did that come first? I'm just... Yeah, definitely the intuitive part came first. I've always been intuitive ever since I was a little girl. And in my family, speaking to spirit or even just being connected, you know, calling it the Holy Ghost, just feeling connected to the spiritual realm was encouraged. And so it was never like a weird thing to be that connected and believe that there's life after this and before. And so that just built over time because it was, I really feel like it was there and then encouraged in my family. That's so interesting because I bet that probably surprises people. Maybe some of your clients, right? Or not. It's been with you for a lifetime, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I come from a family of healers. Again, it's just part of the culture that I grew up in. Men were the healers. And Uh, so it's just a little deviation. Deviation. (laughs) (laughs) So did you practice on yourself or how did you sort of end up doing this as a vocation? Yeah. So like growing up, I received hands-on healing and blessings and things like that from the men in my community. And so that was a normal thing. I didn't do the healing and I didn't do that on myself. I would always pray and ask and be in connection but I ended up with Lyme disease. The symptoms are pretty extreme. They're different for everybody, but it was a breaking point for me and just calling out to the universe to help me. And then I heard a voice telling me to become a Reiki master and I didn't know what that was. And so, you know, Google. Thank God for Dr. Google. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. And so then I Reiki near me, I found a practitioner and I had a session and it was it was life-changing. It really was. The level of peace that I felt after that session and physical discomfort release was pretty profound. And so I want to know all the things. And so I was like, okay, then, well, the universe told me I needed to become a Reiki master, whatever that was. So then I started studying and that just like opened up a whole new world for me. And I just dove right in. I've experienced Reiki too. And it's like, whoa, the first time I experienced it, I was shocked at the power of it. Right. I know. Because it's so subtle. I mean, it's not like somebody's giving you a deep tissue massage. Right. right? I was just really moved by it. I guess that's probably when I too 
realize that energy is real. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not woo-woo. Right. So how did you then segue from Reiki to sound healing? Well, there are so many different modalities. Like I was shocked. <laughs> like, oh, sound healing you're talking about? Or? or just energy healing in general. There are so many and like countless. Really? Actually. Yeah, really? of energy healing. Well, it's divine inspired work. And so it's just whoever channels this information, the universe giving them this different techniques, this different little fluctuations of energy. And if they share it with the world, you know, then that's another certification you can receive. So I just kind of went on a journey for a couple of years of really learning as much as I could. And then sound, well, my dad is a professional musician. And so maybe that's probably influenced me. And I've always been really sensitive to sound. And then like the first, I got this little bowl, this little Tibetan bowl, and I had vertigo every day. Like I couldn't even turn my head. And so I was like, let me see what I can do with this. And so I just started playing with it in my energy field going up and down. And this, the pitch would change, the frequency would change. And then when it sounded right to my ear, then the vertigo would go away. Oh, that's so interesting because don't they say that vertigo is something, some kind of imbalance in your ear? Yeah. Interesting. And then I'm curious, how do you learn? I mean, is it all from your intuition? How do you learn how to, I want to say, play the bowls, you know, manipulate them? For me, it's pretty intuitive. That's just how I live my life, period. I'm not a direction follower. Like, you know, if you get something, I don't really follow directions. I push buttons until I figure stuff out not always the best way, but (laughs) so I just started collecting some bowls. I got a crystal ball and just other, some other instruments and started playing them to what felt right. And then I took a class, you know, and then read books and like watched videos and practiced and practiced and practiced. And I still just play very intuitively and I'm guided. I hear messages. And so I'm guided by spirit, which bowls to play and how and so that's, it's like a conversation going on while I'm playing. Wow. Yeah. I did your meditation on YouTube with the bowls. It was mm-hmm. so, yeah, I could really feel the music, the energy, I guess, the vibration of the music in my body and, yeah. and it changing depending on the bowl that you were playing or the frequency of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Wonderful. Very relaxing. Well, good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find this information helpful? Is there a certain topic you'd like us to cover? Leave us a comment and review about what you'd like to hear. I'm curious, when you're working with a client, so how do you determine what, since you you use so many different modalities, like you're saying, mm-hmm. there's so many different energy modalities. How do you determine when a client comes to you, how to approach, how to help them? The morning of someone's session, I prepare ahead of time. I go into a meditative state and I connect energetically to them. And then I just ask like, what would be for their highest good? And I'm usually shown a vision or told a message or both. And then I'm just guided to what would be best. Sound healing is always involved, (laughs) just different levels of it. Sometimes I'll sing, sometimes play the bowls or chimes or drums and all these different things. 
combination of all of it. And then the channeled energy is whatever I'm guided to do, whether it's Reiki or IET or divine healing light or, you know, whatever I'm guided to do. What's that last one you mentioned? IET. Yeah. It's integrative energy therapy. It's angel healing. Like basically, uh, okay. okay. there's a whole lot more involved, but it's angel healing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then do you, so then at the end of a session, do you get feedback from the person who you've been working with? Yeah. So whether I'm meetings with someone in person or virtually, I do most of my sessions virtually on Zoom. Because I do sound healing, especially, I like them to be fully immersed in it. Mm -hmm. And if they're on with me live, they're more likely to be in a relaxed state and not doing something else. So we talk beforehand. I let them know what came through while I was preparing. They share anything with me that they would like to focus on. And then they relax for however long spirit guides me to. And and then I bring them back and then I discuss like what they experienced, what I experienced. I usually receive messages or visions or, or both. Then we share. And then if there's time, which there usually is, because I love using Oracle cards, then we'll we'll pull an Oracle card to get some deeper insight or additional information from spirit. Wow. So they get a lot of information. They do. Yeah. And I think it's probably because of my education background of being a teacher. So sometimes I warn, I'm like, you can tell me if you just want the energy and you don't want all the things, like all the talking. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Unless, I mean, everybody is very kind, of course. So no one has told me no. They, they want to know like how I do things and the details that I share. So people have shared that they have found a lot of value in that. In so many ways, you're a very unique healer because let's say somebody goes to a psychiatrist, they know they're going to sit down and it's they're going to talk. And maybe if the psychiatrist uses behavioral therapy, they'll get some homework to do and so forth. And if you see massage therapists, you're going to get a massage. And if you do Reiki, you're going to. So you're, wow, you do a lot. I mean, (laughs) talking about being very holistic, you're really looking deeply at the, I guess, would you say the soul energetically of the individual who you're working with? Yeah. And really all parts, because we are all parts, the mind, body and spirit. And so being able to work cohesively with all parts of ourselves, I feel like is such an important part of wellness. Um, A lot of spiritual people, me included, tend to live outside. It's like we don't live in our bodies very much. And so we can become disconnected. Uh And, you know, and so just really pulling ourselves back in and finding that balance you know, highly intuitive people can be very emotional. They're pulling in everybody else's stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that can also be overwhelming. There's so many different facets to us. And so just balancing each part of that, I feel like is hugely important in overall wellness. Right. So just balancing your energy, which will obviously affect your health, your body. I mean, your physical being, right? Definitely. Yeah. And like the emotional part of it too, because there are different things you can bring up emotions and release them and really look at them and allow. Most of us have not been taught how to feel our feelings. And so, you know, we push them down and they have to go somewhere. And so they will manifest physically. They'll manifest emotionally. We'll have outbursts or depression or all these things. And of course, things are more complicated than that. But 
there's so much that are our emotions that get into our energy. And if we look at them and bring them forward, then we can learn and release. And that can be life-changing. So how do you keep yourself and your body? You know, if you're doing this work and dealing with other people's energy all the time, how do you keep yourself in balance? I have pretty good boundaries with people. When I work with animals, it's more challenging. They're such sweet, innocent souls. Oh. And so oh, wow. that's more challenging for them. And they don't have boundaries either. So they'll come in easily. But with people, I can have that separation. I care deeply about us as humans and the person that I'm working with. And I separate energetically when the session is over. That doesn't mean that, you know, like, it's not like I stop thinking about them or anything like that. It's just like, okay, and then it's up to them to continue the work. You know, if they want to have another session, we can work together. Some clients I work with once a week, some once a year and everything in between. But there's that individual work that's just as important in between. Oh, yeah. So interesting. I'm really, I want to skip to the animals right now because that is so interesting. And I happen to have a a relative right now, I'm just thinking right now, who has a dog who is very reactive, lovely, super intelligent. Mm-hmm. And now she's sick, you know, She and I'm wondering what's going on with her. So if she were to bring her dog on Zoom, I guess, how does that work? You so can't. with animals, you know, they're not compliant. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was thinking she's not going to sit in front of the stuff. <laughs> so it's offline. I tend to, again, because of animals are more challenging for me emotionally. And so I will do them either early in the morning or late at night so that I can release that energy as much as possible. And so I just, again, connect with them just like I do with humans. The sessions are just as long, if not longer with animals. And so it's just this communication with them and they, they show pictures a lot. And so they'll show me their food or they'll show me their toys or they'll show me their people, you know, and with animals, they're unconditionally loving and forgiving. And even if horrible things have happened to them, you know, our what our view is horrible, they're still like, if they are loved, that's their, mo- they'll tell me that over and over again. You know, I'm loved, you know, I'll, we'll talk about something because usually people come to me when they're in crisis, yeah. they're animals. And so they're like, it's okay, I'm loved. And so, awesome. yeah, I always get emotional with them. Oh, wow. That's I'm reading this book right now called The Friend, which is about a relationship. It's about a lot of things, but of this woman with this dog, and she's never had a dog before. And it's like very deep relationship, Mm -hmm. how much she loves this animal and can't believe how much she loves the animal. Mm -hmm. They're powerful beings. Yeah. I think she refers to them, uh, a quote of some famous writer as being angels. Absolutely. I believe that they are just beautiful beings of light who are here to help us and love us. I guess that's why so many of them are used in as therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, even think of like a cat. I mean, their purr is at a healing frequency. And so yeah. like they will often when you're feeling, well, like my cat, I mean, if I'm stressed or if anything, then he's like all up on me and purring as loud as he can. <laughs> so <laughs> he's helping me out. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So I noticed that on your website, you say that you want to help people heal themselves. So Mm -hmm. is that a separate type of session you do with them of giving them tools to help them 
heal themselves or is it more of a cleansing that you are releasing of maybe energy that you guide them through to help them heal themselves or? It's a combination of things. And I think that's part of my, like, I like to share a lot of information with my clients because I want them to feel empowered and that if they so choose to, they can do this too. I'm not special. I have just been raised in an environment. I have studied and practiced thousands and thousands and thousands of hours. And so this is just, it's like you're exercising a muscle. And so that's why, how I'm able to tap in so easily. But I definitely believe we all have spiritual abilities and it's just where you are in your life and what you believe and all these different things that you can bring your abilities forward as well. So I teach classes you know, just working with clients one-on-one, sharing what I do, directing them to books or whatever. And just, again, it's coming from that place of empowerment so that they feel like, okay, I can do this too. And it'll look different for them because they're different. Right. But the healing ability is in all of us. And that's interesting. Do you find that there are more people interested in it now? I'm just thinking because of COVID. Like, so if somebody has, because of COVID, and mm-hmm. either driven by the fear of getting it or having it and then wanting to heal themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, you know, as my practice has progressed in the beginning, people were coming to me because of physical pain, migraines, things like that, things that I had suffered from. And then especially these last two years, more people are coming wanting spiritual growth. They're more coming for the spiritual side of things. And wanting to tap into their own abilities, wanting to be able to connect to the spiritual world and have that power for themselves as well. And so it's, I mean, still people come in, there's still physical pain. I mean, we all have some degrees of that in some points, right. um, but mostly it's, there's more, they feel like there's more. And so they want to tap in. Wow. That's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, I guess it's not surprising given that people maybe have had more time to be reflective, mm-hmm. isolation or, you know. Yeah. And I think too, a lot of us are more empathic than we realized. And so since this has happened worldwide, you think of uh-huh. billions of people feeling stressed and anxious and scared and not knowing what to do. That's a collective, mm-hmm. all of us feeling similar things. And so the more sensitive you are, the more you're going to pull that in. And it can be confusing because it's not really yours. And that's very weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I always say there is a lot of that energy out there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So speaking of collectives, so do you do group energy healings or? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, one, I do sound baths. And so for me, again, whether it's one person when I'm doing the sound healing or it's 25 people when I'm doing the sound healing, I'm still channeling energy for everyone. I'm still tapping into each person and offering to be of service. And so it's healing regardless. So if you come to a meditation, I'm still channeling healing energy. You can choose not to receive it if you want. I don't know why you wouldn't, but some people don't are uncomfortable with what we would call the woo part of this. Mm. But sound healing, most people are open to that because it's music. Right. And yeah, they love music, obviously, especially yeah. when they know that it touches their heart. Yeah. And it's a physical response too. People become more relaxed. People have told me multiple times they feel like they just got a massage. 
but it's non-invasive because they're not, I'm not touching them. It's just mm-hmm. a vibration and frequency. And like you mentioned, listen to it online, you can receive the healing online as well. So I think it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, I just think how when I, I used to in normal times, like going to the symphony and certain music would just bring me to tears. You know, you just feel it in such a physical way. It's just so beautiful, not in a sad way, but it's just so moving, right? Yeah, because you think you can have a room full of people, what each person from a different country speaking a different language. Music is universal and everyone can have an experience listening to music and not have to say a word. That's so interesting. I connect with that being a health coach and food being one of my mediums that I use, but everybody sits at the table, no matter what culture you're from. And that's Mm -hmm. why that's such a good connection point. Yeah. I mean, food is energy. It literally gives us energy to survive. But even thinking of like, you know, we say like my grandma makes the best food ever, even when I've tried to make the same thing she's made or she's shown me how it doesn't taste the same because I've it's that love that she's putting in. It is that energy. It's powerful when we cook with love and appreciation. Right. Never mind combined with where the food actually came from. Exactly. Yeah. Because you think of all the hands, the soil, the seeds, like everyone who has touched that Mm -hmm. food until it gets to our table has absorbed. It's all these different energies coming into it. Which is why it's important to be selective about if you're able to, right? Yes. It makes a difference. It does make a difference. Huge. came from what went into it. Yeah. So... Does your guidance guide you to what foods you should consume for yourself? Well, I'm a vegetarian. And so like all my life I've had, I've, I was a vegetarian for a while back in the day and I was a pescatarian and I didn't eat red meat. You know, it's like all these things. I've never felt comfortable eating animals Mm -hmm. probably because I'm so connected to them. And I don't expect other people to be vegetarian at all. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like if you can't love animals, if you eat meat, not at all. Like (laughs) we all choose what's best for our bodies. And so with Lyme disease, though, that was a side effect is that I became allergic to most meat. So that was weird. And then I was like, okay, the universe is just telling me I need to go vegetarian. Yeah, definitely. That was a message. (laughs) Yeah. And I will admit I am not very good at it. I do not enjoy cooking. And so... That it's, yeah, getting in the right nutrition is challenging. I think too, that's part of that living outside of my body so much is just like, just eat whatever I can in front of me that's vegetarian and won't make my body react in a negative way. That's not always the best. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So energetically, it's hard for you to get, put energy into the food prep part. 100%. Yeah, it is. That is not fun for me. I will meditate for hours, cook like even one meal. No, thank you. <laughs> like, oh, interesting. Yes. Yeah. I wonder about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. And believe me, my body, because that's when I meditate too, I ask my body, like, what is, what do you need? And it tells me all the time because exercise, go outside and eat more nutritionally diverse foods. And I'm like, okay, cool. Can I just meditate more? <laughs> so there's still that (laughs) it's so interesting so I feel like there was a time in my life when I was under a lot of stress when I was going through a divorce 
And when I look back now, I realize that my energetic type of healing, one of my healing practices was became cooking. It felt like a moving meditation for me Absolutely. in motion. And I like to walk labyrinths. I like meditating in motion a lot, unless yeah. I have a practitioner like you who can guide me. And I didn't realize that until I looked back after, you know, decades and went, whoa, that gave me such joy. The colors, you know, like when you're talking about music, you know, the different colors, the different textures, being able to create, oh, I think I'll do this. You know, I, I wouldn't exactly follow directions for baking. I feel like you have to, but for just regular meals, I would just wing, I would cook my way through a cookbook and then get a sense for that the authors, you know, what spices and so forth. And then I had more, com oh, okay, I'm going to switch this up. I don't have that. Mm -hmm. So, And yeah, it just gave me a good release, I think, of stress and comfort. And yeah. And I love that you mentioned that too, because so many people are like, I can't meditate. It's not sitting, you know, chanting. It's not sitting and trying to clear your mind, which is almost impossible, like, honestly, like that's not it. So I love that you, yes, cooking is meditation. Walking is meditation. Washing the dishes can be meditative. Like really anything, breathing in and out five times, like all of that is meditation. And mm -hmm. um, we overcomplicate things as humans. And so it really is simple. Yeah. Because especially if you can get, I call it getting in the zone, you know, you're just mm -hmm. really focused on it. So I guess it's finding something that speaks to you individually. Like exactly. that seems to me, you know, um, yeah. and figuring that out mm -hmm. so you can do it on your own too, on a daily basis. Right. Yeah. Cause it is deeply connective. Like you are connecting mind, body, and spirit while you're cooking in that meditative state, mm. bringing all the different energies together and being guided. Like you said, not using, not being super exact when you're cooking, you're being guided by those energies and, your body and mind and spirit. And it's beautiful. It's, it's interesting. And I think too, when you share it with others, right? Like you're mm -hmm. sharing your gifts with others that obviously they feel a personal connection to yeah. you, even though you're in a using energy and in a, at a spiritual level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting how many different connections there are with other disciplines, which you wouldn't think. You know, I don't think mm -hmm. most people, even though they know, oh, yeah, if you eat meat, you should consider eating grass fed beef because it's more healthy for you and animals that have been treated with love. That has an impact. I think the focus has been more on, well, it just tastes better. Right. <laughs> and it's very much more tender, but the impact that that actually has on your physical, and emotional well-being. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, people have written about it for a long time, this is not new information, but it seems like there are more people that are, are interested, are truly interested in, well, what is that all about? You know, mm -hmm. open to it. Like what you said, it's interesting that you're getting more people are interested in the spiritual aspect coming to you as opposed to the physical mm -hmm. healing. 
Yeah. And I think too, like, I mean, you look at, especially in our country, more and more people are physically ill, more and more people are depressed, more and more. And so it's, I think collectively too, we're like, what is going on with our environment? What is going on? So we're just asking more questions and then it's leading some of us to the energetic part of it and the spiritual part of it. So, yeah, well, that certainly makes sense because we do know, you know, that we have so many different kinds of epidemics right now, Mm -hmm. way beyond COVID. Yeah. You just think of, I mean, almost everyone has some kind of autoimmune something. And Mm -hmm. so that's not normal. (laughs) There's something going on. Yeah. And then that combined with when you even think of renewable energy, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. and that makes you think about toxins, or at least that's where my mind goes. And it's unavoidable, no matter how, right? So as a collective, we know that collectively, we're all experiencing that to some degree. And so how do we deal with that? I think too, without getting overwhelmed, because that's the other side of it, because there's Mm -hmm. so much information, there's so much. And I think some of us too become paralyzed, like, I want to help, but I don't even know how. And we're thinking of like, oh, what about what's happening in Australia or what's happening in China or wherever? And it's like, for me, focusing on my own community, like just bringing yourself back and be like, what can, how can I be of service to my family, to myself, to my community? You know, starting small. And because we're in the time and place where we're at for a reason. That's not to say, you know, someone might need to help people in another country not saying that at all but most of us I feel like we're here in this space for a reason and it's to help our families our communities where we're at they Mm -hmm. need us most that's what I believe and so that can help combat the overwhelm too yes that's a good point well especially during this season with all these holidays coming up that's Mm -hmm. one probably lovely thing about focusing on family and your community Mm-hmm. Yeah. Learning to their community in some cases. Yeah. Because not everybody has family, not everybody has healthy family. And so finding the people that you resonate with, and it has been isolating these last two years for so many, if not most of us in some way, finding those people you can have a true connection with is so important. Yeah. That was something that for me was very unexpected with Zoom was finding connection, real connection with people who, quite frankly, I wouldn't have had as much connection with face-to-face mm-hmm. because whatever the circumstances or we organized, you know, maybe a weekly or bi-weekly Zoom get-together. And it was, and I also feel like maybe people were more authentic too, mm-hmm. because we were all experiencing the same, mm-hmm. we had that shared experience, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess in some ways, I feel like we're in a time that is, gives people a lot of opportunity to, to feel, I mean, it's hard to avoid, I think, (laughs) feeling that you're part of this big experience, the collective experience. Yeah. And so I think too, that's why, because we are connected and that's why too, not allowing the fear and the overwhelm to take over. Not worrying so much about what we don't have control over and focusing what we do have control over. Mm. So, I mean, that affects our immune system, period. And so just like, okay, what do I really want to bring into my life? How would I like my community to be? And just feeling that empowerment and freedom within yourself to choose the best that you can, the most that you can is huge. Mm. And just 
anxiety and fear and just this like deep fear that's here and just like we don't have to be that way right we have support so is there one thing that sometimes you or tool that you frequently give somebody who's had a session with you about to take away with them that that, Mm -hmm. or it's so individual that to deal with because we all that's such a good point about you know the fear factor is always there you know it's it's not a bad feel right because it it protects us Mm -hmm. when it's not overwhelmed but how to know when it's protecting us or just holding us back Right. And I think in this day and age, it's mostly holding us back because we're not running from tigers, most of us. But yeah, everyone is different. But I think the big thing is that you can speak to your spiritual team. Like everyone in my experience is always surrounded in love and light and by those who love us unconditionally, who are supporting us throughout time and space. And so you don't have to have someone like me to speak to your spiritual team. You can call on them. Even if you're not seeing them or hearing them like I do, they're there and they're just waiting for you to ask for help. And they would like us to ask for help like every day about everything. Like we're not alone in any way, shape or form. Right. I think especially as women, and maybe this is an overgeneralization, but you know, many of us have been nurtured or brought up to take care of everybody else and um, to not ask for help. You know, we're trying to do it all. I think that's changed with the younger generation, Mm -hmm. but that's an interesting thought is, is that do men find it easier? Do you think and generally to ask for guidance or? No, No. like in my experience, because the majority of my clients are women. Women, right? So in that respect, no, women would seek out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And two is probably because we attract like, you know, like attracts like. And so most of the people that I worked with are women approximately my age. And so, you know, they're just seeking for more and they are more and more people are asking for help and being more open to receive. It's Mm -hmm. like that belief of us giving of ourselves to exhaustion is fading away, hopefully. And so, yeah, being like, almost demanding in a way of like, I have to receive first before that I can give. Cause it doesn't even make logical sense for us to give to exhaustion. You, you could like literally can't. So right. we need to give from a place of fullness. Oh, I love that. Give from a place of fullness. Mm-hmm. It's like the overflow, you know, yeah. cause then if you're overflowing, you have, you're, you're limitless. It's just all coming out. You're not having to pull from yourself at all. Mm-hmm. And we all have so much to give. Yeah. Well, there is there anything else you'd like to share? That just seems like a beautiful place to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's just really every single one of us has a spiritual team and it's vast and it's ancestors, it's guides, it's angels, it's our own soul. It's the creator, whatever name you give to these beings of light they are here to help every single one of us. And so call on them, mm. call on them every day. They want to help. That's a good reminder. Mm-hmm. I'll try to remember that every day. Yes, every day. <laughs> every day. Thank you so much, Jackie. Thank you. I look forward to talking to you in the future. Definitely. 
For over 25 years, I was a teacher and one of my greatest joys in life is seeing people light up when they have an aha moment. It is pure magic. I've now combined teaching with my knowledge of health into live workshops. I teach throughout the country about gut health and how to transform your health. If you'd like to know when I'll be in your city, subscribe to my newsletter in the description of this podcast.